Hi, all you witches, pagans, heathens, and magical souls. Welcome to Back on the Broomsticks Solarium. Shell and Layla's sunlit sanctuary, we take a break from screen glows and dusty tomes to relax with a bit of herbal magic. Join us for enchanted teas, mystical tokes, and candid talks about everything from arcane books to tantalizing trinkets. We'll spill the tea on the latest witchy must-haves and find out what sparks those gotta-have-it-now moments and what is better left on TikTok. Which magical books and tools truly deserve a place in your collection? In this special once-a-month episode, we'll find out. It's witchcraft! Hey, thanks for joining us on the solarium. I'm Layla, and this is my co-host show. This is great. I love that we're doing this, and this is kind of a new idea uh, that we're bringing to our listeners. We want to kind of welcome you all to a little hangout session with Layla and I. This is a place where we can talk about the things that we like to use, the herbs, the tools, the books that we've been reading, the tarot decks we've been using, what's going on in the witchy and magical world spilling all the tea while we drink the tea and smoke the herb. And we're also going to sit here and have some chats about, you know, there's stuff in the sky. And tonight we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about different things going on in the sky. We got some eclipses. We've got some weird stuff and we're just going to hang out and chit chat and have a little drink and a little smoke. So right now I am actually rolling up a joint with a little bit of some Jack hair that I have. I'm adding to it some mullein, some rose. What's that for? (laughs) You know I'm going to ask. Cannabis is, you know, it's for relaxation. It's just kind of to mellow things out. And the mullein is good for your lungs, actually. So I pretty much put mullein in everything I smoke. It has a nice full-bodied smoke, and it's also good for protection. So it's it's a nice, it reminds me a little bit of sage. So I like to have that in anything I smoke for protection. What else you got in there? also have a little bit of rose petals, some dried rose petals and some lavender, just because, you know, this is a solar eclipse coming up that we're talking about. We're in the solarium and these herbs are very uplifting. They make me happy and they make me think of summer and the sun. You know, funny you should say all that because I'm sitting here and I am actually sipping on some of my herbal tea. I'm such a tea lover. I feel Mm -hmm. like I should have, I should have been born with a teacup in my hand and What I am drinking today and sipping on is a caramel apple tea that I really, really, really love. But, you know, you talked about how some of your contents of your herbal smoke are for protection. Ironically enough, so isn't my herbal tea. I have some apple in here, which, you know, apple is a good protection. Um, I still cut the apple, you know, pentacle out. Isn't that the only way to cut an apple? I think if you're a witch, that's pretty much, you're only allowed to do that by law. Yeah, right. (laughs) But tis the season for apples. You know, apples are associated with the equinox and with Samhain. Having been in upstate New York most of my life, like this is apple season. Oh, yeah. This is when you bask in the life of apples. And with apples absolutely comes cinnamon, which speaking of solar magic, cinnamon is so wonderful mixed with apple in my tea. But, you know, meditation, astral projection. I like cinnamon for prosperity, too. Absolutely. But I'm just kind of more thinking 
time of year type mm. relations. You know, it's also, you know, protection, power, luck, strength, prosperity. But I'm kind of in the zone of that meditation and connectedness, the veil is thinning, the astral projection, you know, kind of a tis the season kind of thing. Yeah. I also have some orange peel in here, some dried orange peel. Oh, I love that. I have some of that in mine as well. Some blood orange. Ooh, ooh, I didn't even go the blood orange route. So good. So sunshiny. But you know, this, the, the orange, you know, again, there's other uses for it, but for my intended purpose, uh, strengthening divination, again, it's associated with the element of fire, solar energy, solar eclipse coming, tis the season. I kind of tried to, to get some beautifully tasty ingredients together that were kind of seasonal and tasty all together capped it off with just a pinch of chamomile and then some sea salt. Sea salt in your tea? Here's why. Because I did put caramel flavoring in it um, because I was like, well, you know, if you're going to have something with apple in it, it's got to have some caramel in it. Well, yeah. And I do love sea salt with my caramel, but in tea? Well, just because to kind of balance out that, you know, you got the sweet from the apple, the sweet from the orange, then you got a little bit of that caramely oversweet. So Mm. the salt kind of balances it. I like that because it balances it magically too. It gives you that nice grounding element for the whole thing. I was hoping to drink a caramel apple is what I was going for. But what has been driving my my sweet love insane with my tea this week, he's been down in it almost as much as I have. I started adding sweet cream creamer to it. Oh, no, no, no. See, I'm a lemon and honey girl in my tea. You go the creamer route? Well, you know... And and we'll discuss this at a later date and time, and, and it'll be discussed uh, in depth in my workshop coming up. I I was a born and raised cream and tea girl. Oh, no. Lemon and honey. I do have the, the blood orange like you in my tea, but mine has cranberries and um, and black tea, and that's it. The lemon and honey has, it has its time and place. I swear it does. In everything. <laughs> but so doesn't cream. There's got to be someone out there that can back me up on this. People, if you are listening, if you put milk or cream in your tea, help a girl out and back me up here with Layla. <laughs> well, right now, although I am smoking more just to hang out with you and to talk about some of these celestial events that are coming up, this is an excellent blend to smoke if you want to relax, if you want to do this as a meditation before you do any ritual working. Malane, Rose, and Lavender with your cannabis is a really nice way to get into magical headspace. Now, let me ask you this, because I don't have like too extensive of a history with herbal blends and smoking them. Mm-hmm. Do you get a sore throat from that? No, actually, especially with the malane, it's very nice for if I have any type of cough or not necessarily a sore throat, but if I have any sort of aggravation due to smoking or a little cough that smoking is aggravating, the malane very much helps to soothe that. In my mind, I'm thinking that smoking lavender would kind of be like an irritant, but I I trust you. I'll I'll give it a go. They're very mellow. Next time you come over, we'll have to try some blends. Absolutely. Because I I am curious, because like I said, it's not something I've really delved much into, which is ironic with my herb and tea history. You would think that herbal blends, herbal smokable blends would go hand in hand with that. But this is new for me. I think it's something new for a lot of people, but... For today in the solarium, I think one of the things that we want to do is to talk about all those witchy must-haves, everything from 
books and trinkets and tarot decks. And today we have some lovely things. Not everything's going to be sponsored. Today we happen to have a few things from Llewellyn that we received. The Queen of All Witcheries, which is a book I have been dying to get my hands on for quite Excellent a while. Book. Excellent book. We also have a couple things from author Christopher Hughes that both of us very much enjoy. And a new book that's not quite out yet about cycles and seasons. So, but before we get into those, I wanted to talk to you about the thing that's coming up on Saturday the 14th, the solar eclipse. Do, 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 So there's a lot of eclipses. What else is coming yeah. up? Yeah. Isn't there another, there's a lunar eclipse later in the month too. You know, there's something unsettling about when there's like a full moon and a lunar eclipse right and before a Friday Samhain. the 13th, and a Friday the 13th, right before Samhain. I'm like, oh, wow, our world's colliding here. Like, right. <laughs> it's I mean, very crazy energy. It's pretty, pretty wild. I feel like I need like to wear like cinnamon draped from my shirt and pentacles all around me like ah. rosemary and bay and sage everywhere i'm just gonna <laughs> sit in the corner and sip some tea and hope for the best here folks there you go <laughs> i've put a salt circle around my entire house and yeah, right? <laughs> and it seems like the information i'm seeing online about the energy of this time and what you should or shouldn't do is just as chaotic oh lord it's like you ask 10 different people you get 10 different answers <laughs> truly talking to witches what do they say it's like hurting cats it's one of those it, it impossible like things to get us all to agree on one thing absolutely but you know take the dual energy that's how i look at it you know there is there is some power in solar energy um a lot of cleansing power actually take advantage of that use the solar eclipse to do solar work and then when that lunar eclipse goes rolling around do the same thing and do some deep lunar work like yes. don't don't be afraid of it just work with the ebb and flow you know i'm with you i think that it is a very intense energy and having both the sun and it's the weird moon. that it's happening in the same month right before Samhain. that's the weird part <laughs> yeah right after friday the 13th it's just kind of kind of intense energy but i do think that you can do a couple different things with it this solar eclipse because the sun and the moon are there you have that duality at the exact right. same moment so if you want to do spells or rituals that have to do with duality or facing yourself or facing your opposite self, that's a great time to do it. Absolutely. Also, another good spell to do is to uncover that which is hidden because the moon comes in and asserts her emotional energy during this very light, bright time, and she covers things up and then reveals them again. So you, it's a time where you can go into that dark side and find something that needs to be revealed and bring it to the light. So those are good things to do, in my opinion. I, I definitely don't think that either of these eclipses are, are things that people should be leery of or should shy away from doing magic, because I have seen a lot of that online. They're like, don't do anything during the solar lunar eclipse. And I'm like, that's that's poppycock here, folks. I agree. Energy is energy. Just know what you're working with. If right, you're going to charge right. crystals under an eclipse, a solar eclipse. Know what you're getting into. Exactly. Label that shit. It's like working with a Ouija board. I ain't telling you not to work with a Ouija board. I'm just telling you know what you're doing. Right. If you're going to fuck around, you're going to find out. Right, right. And we are big proponents of fuck around and find <laughs> out. Don't get us wrong. But just, just, just know that that's what you're doing. That's right. And I'm sorry, I have to take a quick break. But did you see what I like to have loose tea? Mostly I get like loose teas. Mm -hmm. But do you see my little tea? It's a sword. <laughs> 
I have to show you this. I have the cutest. I think I've outdone you. I I understand that you have a really, really, really pretty sword. Is it is it a tea diffuser? Uh Uh-huh. I have a cat that hangs off the inside of your cup. That's adorable. He's made out of silicone. And you pull him apart and put the tea in and he hangs on your cup with his little paws. That is very cute. That is I do love cute. your sword. I do love your sword. I just it is cute. The worst part is the worst part is is that the cat, I have a beautiful kitty who thinks it's a mouse. And there was a time where the cat actually attacked a teacup. Oh. Nobody got burned, nothing got spilled. But my my little cat diffuser was floating in my tea because oh, no. my real cat was knocking it, thinking it was a mouse. Oh my goodness, <laughs> the things they get up to! But yeah, lunar eclipses, solar eclipses. Just know what you're getting into with the energy. Energy is energy, people. I'm not going to tell you don't do magic now or don't do ritual now because that's, in my opinion, that's ridiculous. Just know what you're getting into. Know what energy you are working with. And I I personally, the way I'm looking at it is with these two things happening is the veil is becoming the thinnest. Um, I'm trying to be very cautious and aware of my workings so that nothing backfires, nothing goes nuts or cuckoo. It's just definitely a time to be cognizant of what you're doing and what your intentions are, because what you're doing, if, if your intentions are different, it's going with your intentions. So make sure those things are aligned right now. Historically, eclipses like this have been viewed as bad omens. They have almost always historically been feared and people have been frightened of this energy. It's all what you make of it. But keep that in mind that that type of energy is out there as well. And it's pretty strong in a lot of people. So that's going to be prevalent too in anything that you do. And speaking of being scared of what's in the sky, Shell. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You sent me a picture that freaked me out and I had to smoke a big fat bowl all by myself. And the whole time I'm like, what the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? What does it mean? So tell us, what exactly did you send to freak me out so badly? Well, you know, this is crazy. And and the best part is, is I have like an extension of the story that you haven't even heard yet. So, you know, two nights ago, I happened to go out for a little bit. And unfortunately, as we all know, it's getting dark early. I hate that. This is another reason for the solarium. I'm going to miss the sun, man. I know, right? So this is about 738 o'clock. I happen to go out and, and I come back. And I just happen as I get out of the car, look up in the sky. It's something I do. It's just a habit. And I see going across the sky. The only way I can describe it is it was going west to east from like inland to the ocean. um, Because I'm within a few miles of the ocean. And I could tell it was moving in the direction of going out to sea. Equally spaced apart. And there's like 20 dots in a row. Now, 20. Now, listen. See, at first I thought Starlink, but then you said 20 in a row. About 2025. Yeah. And the picture you sent, that doesn't look like Starlink. So I have a really good cellular phone. I have that Samsung Galaxy 21. I know there's better versions out right now, but this has a bitching camera. And I am able to zoom in on the craters of the moon with this camera. Okay. I am zooming in on whatever these dots are. And nothing is coming in clear. So they are definitely, first of all, further away than the moon. Freaky deaky. 
they get to about where in my mind, you know, I'm sitting on land here and what it looks like about to where it's over the ocean. And as they go one by one are disappearing. I'm like, what, what the holy... So my boyfriend obviously is with me. He was driving and I'm yelling. I'm like, look at this. And he's like, what is that? I'm like, I swear it's aliens. He thinks I'm crazy. And he's like, it can't be aliens. I'm like, it's aliens, man. So one by one, definitely freaky. All 20, 25 of them in a perfect straight line in a formation, single file going across jets. What in that kind of formation, where the hell are they going and why are they so high that my camera can't zoom when my camera can zoom to the moon surface? Good. That's all I'm saying. So any of you listeners out there, if you know what that was over Salem, Massachusetts, tell me in October, please email us back on the broomstick at gmail.com. Put the solarium in the title. It gets better. It gets better. Oh, shit. All right. So the picture you sent me had me like, that was so weird. What happened after that? We decide to get away from Salem for the evening because Salem in October is just like, it's like Times Square on New Year's Eve, people. So we decided to take a nice ride out to Gloucester. So we're driving. He's driving. I'm not driving. Um, He's driving. And, you know, I'm one of those people in the car where I'm just all looking around, you know, what's going on? What's up in the sky? No shit, Sherlock. Same freaking thing at the same time of night. It was about 7 38 o'clock, but this time we were not home. We were more towards Gloucester, and we see the same thing about 20, 25 of them in a what? solid straight line going towards the ocean. And one by one, they disappeared two freaking nights in a row. I have not found anything on the news, I have not found anything on Facebook, and I'm freaked out because what? you can't tell me we're the only two people in massachusetts that are seeing this shit all right I'm crazy i'm email not crazy. us back on the broomstick at gmail.com if you know what that was please tell me it has some sort of mundane explanation because otherwise it's aliens it's aliens i'm going right to aliens but two nights two nights in a row single file across the sky and definitely further away than the moon that's all i'm saying that picture was just wild very trippy very i'm trippy. freaked i'm freaked me too Please email and tell us. But so if you're smoking a joint, hit your joint, take a big gulp of tea, because that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> and we're going to calm down a little bit and we're going to talk some really good books. Like these, we, we've got some really good things to talk about. We do. And I'm going to start out because I have been wanting this book ever since I heard Jack Chanick on another podcast. And I am so sorry. I can't remember which one, but I love listening to this man talk. He is a he has a doctorate in philosophy, I believe, and he just is very interesting. I'm just very I will buy any of his books at this point. Tell us again the name of the book. The book that I'm talking about is Queen of All Witcheries, a biography of the goddess, and it's written by Jack Chanick. And I really enjoyed this book quite a bit. Honestly, if you have read Ronald Hutton, if you have read Gardner, if you've read Crowley, if you've read Anne Murray, some of the the earlier things then this is going to be all familiar territory to you. It's basically talking about the goddess, capital T, capital G, the (laughs) goddess. The goddess. (laughs) The goddess. The one, the archetype that encompasses all of the goddesses. He explains it a little better in his book, Theism, Polytheism, Soft Polytheism. But basically, a lot of witches and pagans talk about the goddess in capitals when they're referring to the Earth Mother, the goddess of all, the Great Mother, and, and this book is basically a history of her. 
Now, I mentioned some other people because you can read those books, those very historical tomes about the historical goddess, but they're really boring. If you want to, if you want my honest opinion, they're interesting, but they're pretty academic and they're pretty dry. They're also kind of outdated. And so Jack Chanick's Queen of All Witcheries brings all of that historical data. You know, he did his research, he did his reading, and he updated the history of the goddess for now, because some of that stuff was very colonialist, some of it's very misogynistic, you know, and, and a little outdated. And he modernized it. He modernized it, and he brought it all into a very easy to read, excellent read book. I really, really enjoyed it. I like that it has accompanying ritual suggestions, which I like to point out are suggestions. You can always take anything you find out of a book, a ritual, a spell, a potion, a concoction, and tailor it to your own self and needs. So I like to call them ritual suggestions. This book is chock full of them, and I love that about this. And it's good too, like you mentioned, you can rewrite them. Jack himself has also rewritten them for a group and also for solitary practitioners. And so that will show you a little bit how something can be modified from a group ritual to a solitary if you if you needed to do that. For those of you that have been on the path for a while or have read these historical books, it will be familiar ground, but still worth a read. And anyone who's not familiar with the historical goddess worship, highly recommend. I know that I, I, I totally agree with you 110% about everything you've said about this book. I sense a butt coming. I just wanted to quickly talk about another book, Caradwin. Uh, the Celtic Goddess of Inspiration by Christopher Hugh. Oh, shit. I thought you were going to say something bad about Queen of All Witcheries. No, no, that book rocks. <laughs> all right. No. OK. I was getting all defensive for nothing then. <laughs> no, because you, you you were like, well, you know, they, there's these books about individual goddesses are kind of outdated and boring until you read Cara Dwin. OK, this this book, this book is phenomenal. Christopher Hughes. He is the chief of Anglesey Druid Order, a member of the Order of Bards, Ovates, and Druids. He's a Welsh scholar, tarot creator, and a multi-book author. This guy is all things Welsh, and right now, I love everything he's got. Same. 100% agree. Dear Christopher, make more. This is the greatest stuff I've touched. All of his stuff, like, no, this, this book is phenomenal. Extremely well thought out, well-researched. For anybody who's studying Caradwin or Celtic deities or mythos, this is a must-have on your bookshelf. I love exercises with books. Like I said, with Queen of All Witcheries. Why do I have a hard time saying that title? Queen of All Witcheries. Um, what I like about both books is it's not just reading material per se. There are exercises, there are rituals, and Caradwin is chock full of different exercises, different meditations, things to kind of get you. You are immersing yourself in Caradwin's cauldron when you read this book. This is taking you to Caradwin herself, and I love yes. it. These are definitely exercises that invigorate your soul if Caradwin is what you're looking to go into. Oh, yeah, I so agree. Caradwin has a special place in my heart. I've mentioned in past recordings that my first magical name was Caradwin. Mm -hmm. You know, she is one of the goddess of witches and she's the goddess of knowledge and the goddess of the cauldron. And having a book just on her, to be honest, especially when I saw how big this book is, because like, how many pages is this book? This book is, we're looking at 
roughly about 300. Yeah. So 300 solid pages of academic writing on Caridwin. I thought I was going to slog through this book. Absolutely. You couldn't put it down, could you? Because I, I couldn't. I am reading it again for the second time because I absolutely love it. It's well written. It's in depth. It really feeds my soul for, for all the detail and information that I want in a very well presented way. And like you said, the exercises very much go mm-hmm. along with the text and help so much for me to kind of get reconnected. And, you know, as I'm currently studying the Mabinogion, I find that his chapter relating Caradwin to the Mabinogion kind of was a little more enlightening than I expected it to be because his perspective versus the Ford version of the Mabinogion that I'm reading, you got old text versus a new a, a new way of thinking about it. And, and that kind of opened some some doors and enlightened me with some things. The way he talks about, I think he said in the book, he coined the phrase world tree, where he talks about the Mabinogion as a world tree and all the Welsh tales is not just the branches that we know of them, but kind of there's branches off branches. And then this branch has a little twig off it this way and leaves grow in this way. It gives you this perspective of Welsh history that's that I think is unparalleled right now and in an easy to understand way. So it's academic, but yet easy to understand. And it's something that the everyday reader can consume and eat up this knowledge like nobody's business. You don't have to be a scholar to understand this book. I love, 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 love. Five stars. Yeah, but like I said, you do get you do get a great glimpse of Welsh mythology as well as the Caridwin story in it. So it's it's almost a twofer for me. And again, the exercises and stuff, top notch, top notch. Well, while we're on Christopher Hughes, let's go to the soul divination tool that we have in this month's haul. O M G. This is something you specifically asked for. This is something that you have wanted. And I know just the other year you were looking high and low for one of these and could not find it. So Christopher must have heard you on the astral plane. He did. He has created, along with the most awesome artist right now, Aaron O'Leary Brown. Who's from uh, Buffalo, New York, by the way. Go upstate New York. That's right. They have together created... The Yuletide Tarot. This is brand new. This is just out right now, 2023, put out by Llewellyn Worldwide. And this is everything I have spent the last three years looking for, people. It's true. She has. I am an I, I'm I'm what they like to lightly call a tarot addict. And... <laughs> Do they have a word for the level of addiction that is your tarot collection? It's called you got issues, lady. Stop by in tarot decks. It's called um, she has a spreadsheet that even I have access to <laughs> in order to keep track true. of the many decks that she has. How many are we up to now, Shell? About 178, but at least the list is alphabetical. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, thank you to my oldest child for alphabetizing it for me. And it now has the Yuletide Tarot at the very end. This thing is phenomenal. I have legit for the last three years been looking for a Christmas-themed, Yule-themed type tarot deck. You know, I I am a witch to the core pagan as they come but i love christmas we everybody who knows me knows that and all i wanted for my 
extensive tarot collection was a quote unquote Christmas deck. Um, and Christopher Hughes has delivered in awesome fashion. This in thing candy is- canes, would you say? In candy cane fashion. <laughs> I think one of the things I love about it is the suits. Check this out. I mean, this is like such spectacular Yuletide fashion. Candles equals wands. Good cheer equals cups. Canes are the swords. And the gifts are the pentacle cards. This is beautiful. It's got, it's chock full of Christmas trees and Yuletide trees. I love a good decorated tree. Um, the accompanying book with it, the, the cards themselves, phenomenal. Artwork is great. But this comes with the most amazing book. And I cannot even slight the book a bit full color pictures of every card he definitely takes the time there are candy cane green and red striped gorgeous borders on most of the pages in the book it is seeped in yuletide this is this is the most seasonal deck you're gonna get but he definitely takes the time to associate the tarot with yuletide themes and christmas themes and kind of try to tie the yuletide season into the tarot and into the specific cards and meanings i've actually done two readings with this deck so far i don't want to say it made me feel very happy and jovial but kinda like it's a fun deck not okay maybe not something i would use for like some hardcore serious shadow work reading but this is a fun, fun deck, and I am so in love with this. Okay, I'm going to give kind of an opposite review. That's okay. Because I love Christopher Hughes and everything he touches. However, this deck for me falls very squarely under too gimmicky to really use. I love the artwork. It's stunningly gorgeous. I love how the Major Arcana has been redone. The lightning tree for the tower with the Christmas tree in the clearing with the lightning hitting it. That's gorgeous. The list for what is that? Justice. I mean, that's pretty wild. Mistletoe for the lovers. The simplicity of the ace of canes with just a beautiful candy cane hanging from a tree. The artwork is stunning. The cards feel good. It's full. There's no border. It's full color cards from edge to edge. They're great cards. However, great paper, great paper, by the way, they use good stock. However, this would fall under like the Hocus Pocus tarot or the Jedi tarot or something like that for me. It's it's something that's interesting and I might do a reading around Yule for fun with it, but it's not something I can take seriously. You know what I think part of it is too, though, because I've known you for a hundred years. Giving away our age. I know, right? I am a fanatic for the Yuletide season. I have been known to put up nine Christmas trees fully decorated. Yes, you do. Mm -hmm. I take it to a different level. Yes. Whereas you just don't take it to the level I do. For me, finally, a tarot deck for the most wonderful time of the year. Yes. So I think that we both have valid points. I am just more in love with it than you are just because it's more my thing than it is yours. Absolutely. And I think that's okay. Beautiful deck. Absolutely stunning. And the book is lovely. Descriptions that Christopher has written. Fabulous. Spot I on. love this guy. He's he, top-notch work all the way around. Yes. And Aaron O'Leary Brown, gorgeous artwork. It is a little sad. Honestly, I did think that the artwork seemed a little bit sad for a holiday deck. For a Yuletide deck. It, Really? I'm not sure I got that. Is, no. is it just that you felt that the 
depictions weren't like cheery and happy. Yeah, it seemed it, it seemed a little more on more the sad melancholy. side. Yeah, look at the five of gifts. I mean, some of those cards are sad. Well, some tarot cards are sad. Let's face it. I see what you're saying. But like, if you look at the six and seven of gifts, they're pretty happy to be getting those gifts. I think I think maybe it's just we just have different perceptions of how much we love the Yuletide season. And I just it's my thing and not your thing. And that's OK. But I love it. It's a beautiful deck. I like what I was going for when I re- originally was looking for a Christmas themed deck is I have a Ostara themed deck and I also have a Samhain themed deck. And I was like, wouldn't it be great to have one for every season? But no one did one. So I'm pleased. I'm happy. And I love it. Perfect. The last book that we're talking about today is a book that I was very interested in reading uh, because it deals with two things that are very close to my heart. Genus Loci, which is the spirit of place, and also with cycles, uh, big and small cycles. And the book is called Season Songs, Rediscovering the Magic in the Cycles of Nature. And it's by Emma Catherine. And when is this coming out? This book is coming out in December of this year. So December 2023, this will be out. And it's in time for Yule. Just in time for Yule. That's right. It'll make a perfect gift. And I do think that this book would be a fabulous gift for any beginner, witch, pagan, heathen, because it does very much delve into the cycles of the seasons and how you can live your life in harmony with the cycles of the day, with the lunar cycles and with the solar cycles of the seasons, the major wheel of the year cycles. She gives wonderful rituals and spells and meditations on how to connect with those cycles. I very much enjoyed her book. It was a very easy read. It was very easy to get into. You know, and again, it connects two things that I'm very interested in right now, spirits of place and and following the natural cycles of your life. Again, we're going to probably have a differing opinion. I I wasn't in love with this, and I think part of it was I found it difficult to read. There are just certain styles of writing that flow with some people and certain styles of writing that don't. And this style of writing was just difficult for me. So I had a hard time struggling through it. I think there's good content in there. I think the message is good. I just personally had a hard time reading this particular author. She did have a very casual, very personal kind of laid back style. I liked that. It seemed, like I said, very easy to read and it felt very much like She was a friend talking to you about, you know, there were some personal anecdotes in there and she related these cycles to personal things in her life and things that you could find in your life. So I I can see where some people might not particularly vibe with that writing style, but I thought I found it very easy and personal. Would you say I I would say it kind of, you know, you kind of hit it. It kind of read more. I want to say it read more like a journal, but like. Oh, that's kind of a a good way. Sure. Yeah. It seemed very, like I said, it seemed very personal. So kind of journal is a good way to put it. And, and so maybe if you don't like that style of writing, that pacing might throw you off a little bit, but I loved her meditations as you know, I've, I've studied hypnotherapy and meditation, the verbiage that she uses, you know, kind of getting you to use many senses when she writes out these meditations and these scripts. I, I very much enjoyed it. I think it would definitely work well for someone who's getting into learning about how to live their life in accordance with, with the seasons and with the cycles. I think this is definitely something that even though I struggled uh, to get through it, I think people should take the time and give it a shot. Um, Because again, like you said, it can get you on the path to balancing yourself with the earth and the seasons and the cycles. And I, again, think this would be a great Yuletide gift. Tis the season. It's coming out right in December. 
For someone who has kind of struggled with meditation in the past, I think that might have been another another thing that got me caught up with the book um, is meditations aren't my forte. Uh, so so I, I do think it's worth a read. It was just a struggle for me personally. But for sure, any first year students or beginner students looking for an animistic perspective, talking about the cycle of seasons and genus loci, anyone who is also a nerd at heart, because the author says she's a nerd. And again, I related very strongly to that. But good book. So I think these are all books that I'm going to keep on my bookshelf. I'm not so sure about this tarot deck. I'm going to give it another try, especially as we get a little closer to Yule. I'm going to give season songs another try. Um, but I think all in all, even though we maybe had some differing opinions, I think we got four quality products that people should definitely take a look at. Um, again, Queen of All Witcheries, which <laughs> again, Queen of All Witcheries by Jack Chanick. Season Songs by Emma Catherine. And Christopher Hughes rocking it out with two things. We've got the Yuletide Tarot. And then we've got Caradwin, Celtic goddess of inspiration. So all four of these, I think, must-haves and totally worth you taking a checkout at. Yeah, get those wherever you get your books or tarot decks, your local metaphysical shop. And these are all from Llewellyn Worldwide. You can get them there or online as well. And my tea's gone and my joint has been gone for a minute, so... It's time to hang up our witch hats for the night, I think. We will see you next time in the solarium. Keep it witchy.